0: Welcome to the Compliance Perspectives Podcast. I'm Adam Terteltow from the Society of Corporate Compliance and Ethics in Healthcare Compliance Association. Joining us today from Minneapolis is Felipe Sotor-Faraya. Felipe is a compliance consultant from Chile who recently moved to the U.S. And today we're going to be talking about uh, issues of criminal liability in South America. Felipe had addressed that topic in a recent article in the SCCE's Compliance and Ethics Professional Magazine. First, Felipe, thank you for taking the time to talk to us today. Thank you for having me, Adam. Our pleasure. So how widespread is corporate criminal liability in South America? A lot of parts of the world, there isn't that concept yet.
1: Right, um, I would say that from a general general perspective, of course, uh, that during the last two decades, uh, starting in early 2000, Uh, Passing legislation on corporate criminal liability has kind of been a tendency in South America. And in this regard, for example, we have Chile that in 2009 uh, passed uh, their law in corporate criminal liability. And from there, more countries have been doing the same Uh, to the point that out of 14 countries, uh, seven so far uh, have passed legislation on this issue. Being Colombia, the last one that did, I don't, I don't recall perfectly if it was early this year or, or, uh, during 2021.
0: Interesting. They've gone from sort of none to half so quickly. Now, what are the triggers for corporate criminal liability? Obviously not every crime is a trigger, but what should people be aware of?
1: Right. So we gotta be aware that we're talking about different legislations, right? So, uh. So even though uh, the laws may change from country to country, there are certain common elements uh, to trigger criminal liability. Um, for example, and just to start, uh, you're right, uh, there, there must be a crime committed, and, and it can be any crime. Uh, these crimes uh, are, are contained in the specific laws, right? And for example, uh, right now, the common offense between all these countries that we're talking about uh, bribery is the common offence. So that would be the first element. And then the crime um, has to be committed in benefit of the company and by certain individuals. And we're talking about owners of the companies, executives and employees. Uh, And lastly, and I think most importantly, uh, the company must have failed in its duty of direction and supervision.
0: When it comes to supervision I can't help but think about compliance uh what do the laws require by way of compliance if if anything Yeah so
1: the laws invite companies so far uh to adopt and implement criminal compliance programs and these these systems these programs um have also certain minimum uh, elements right we're talking about the designation the designation of a compliance officer um, a person, the officer, of course, must be independent from management and must have a budget to keep the compliance program in, in place, right? Uh, and finally, the law, these laws invite companies to have uh, a system where they perform risk assessment, uh, have rules uh, that allow the prevention of these crimes, um, th- that the companies also have the means to identify financial resources And to have an internal system of complaints and sanctions basically we're talking about that whistleblowing system
0: it's interesting it's remarkably similar to what the u.s federal sentencing Mm -hmm. guidelines are and what we've seen elsewhere which is certainly a trend around the world which is great consistency when it comes to what expectations are of compliance programs so we talked about consistency, you know, in terms of what are the commonalities of law. Are there any significant country by country differences organizations should be aware of?
1: So the biggest the biggest difference that I've seen um, is in the number of crimes containing these laws. Uh, we have a range that goes from countries that sanction one crime, this might be bribery, to others that apply their whole criminal code, uh, to companies, right? For example, um, Argentina, Bolivia, Peru, Chile, and Colombia are the ones that use a close catalog of offenses, right? Uh, A certain number of crimes uh, can trigger criminal liability. While in contrast, Ecuador uh, is one of the countries that applies the whole criminal code.
0: Now, around the world, we've seen increased cooperation by enforcement authorities and even joint prosecutions. Is the same thing happening in South America so far? If not, do you expect it to happen?
1: I honestly think that it will depend on the case. Uh, We're talking about the size of of the case. For example, in in 2016, Aldebridge, this is one of the companies that I use as example in my article, uh, this global construction conglomerate based in Brazil, right? plead guilty of bribery um, and agreed to pay a penalty uh, to resolve charges with authorities in the US, in Brazil and Switzerland, right? Um, so mm-hmm. I think this outcome is only possible by the mm-hmm. assistance, by the cooperation of uh, this, the different law enforcement agencies. But again, and I would go, I, I would like to go back to, I think it's important uh the size the yeah the size of the crime we're talking
0: about yeah so it's it's fair to assume the larger the crime uh the larger the potential penalty the (laughs) more countries will get involved so i want to also take advantage of your expertise not just in this area of corporate criminality but having great experience and compliance in south america are there common mistakes you see global companies make when it comes to running their compliance programs in the region?
1: It's interesting because now that I think of I, uh, what I've seen so far uh, within the mistakes, I can mention two things so far. The first one is that uh, the compliance officer tends to lack the independence that the law requires. I mean, Uh, Most of the time is somebody who um, is dependent of another manager or the CEO, while the law uh, is requiring uh, direct access to, for example, the Board of Directors. And I would say the second one uh, is related to compliance as a function within companies itself. I've seen that a common mistake is not giving uh, the compliance function enough weight within the company Um, for example the compliance officer tends to have to wear multiple hats and with that uh, we're taking uh, the necessary focus from him to have on the program
0: Which is definitely a common issue, uh, especially with smaller organizations, that the need to wear multiple hats means compliance doesn't get the attention it deserves. Well, Felipe, thank you for taking the time to talk to us today and for contributing the article to the SCCE Magazine Compliance and Ethics Professional. I want to thank all of you for taking the time to listen. I'm Adam Turtletop from SCCE and HCCA. I hope we're able to expand your compliance perspective.